Today is June 23rd. The streak continues. Do we do we think we know why? I don't know. Also, the City Connect jerseys released. Let's get into it. You're listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I am joined, as always, by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? Hey man, what's going on? Another late night tonight. You look tired. <laughs> yeah, I feel uh, I feel better than I look. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's good. I I don't know how I look. I think I look tired. I'm pretty tired. I'm pretty tired. <laughs> So, I had one of those slow days where it stormed all night here throughout the evening. So a lot of people, there wasn't traffic at work. Uh, people didn't come in for ice cream when it's pouring down rain. Sure, so that makes sense. One of those, because it was slow, I was tired. Yeah, I get that. You have those slow days that kind of actually make you more tired than what you would think. Yeah. If you're busy all the time. A little more high energy. Yeah. I get that. I had a... Uh, I'll take a second. I'll take a second. I had an interesting week. Yeah. I had a guy drive, uh, just wreck into our mailbox and destroy it this week. I think he did a little bit more damage to his car than he did the mailbox, but he just left. And I didn't know about it till the police knocked on my door. And I'm like, can I help you? And they're like, yeah, some guy <laughs> drove by and crashed your mailbox. And then he left. But then he felt really bad. So he called us and told us. <laughs> I'm like, what? And he's like, the guy wants to make it all right. And I was like, and he called you. He goes, I told him, why'd you call me? You could have just knocked on the guy's door and gave him the money. And the guy, he was like, I'm going to write him a citation now. And the guy's going to get a fine. He could have just gave you the money for it. The guy calls me. I got a thousand dollars. I'll give it to you right now. And I'm like, hey, hold the hold the phone. It's not gonna cost a thousand dollars. So I ended up telling him, hey, bring me three hundred bucks. We did have like a it was the one that was here when we moved in, right? And so I was like, I'm just gonna get the same one. Turns out it costs like a little over two hundred dollars for the like the the thing you slide over the post. Mm-hmm. that comes out and then the mailbox that goes on top of it. So I was like, well, I'm going to pay myself for, for doing the work too. Cause if I, w- <laughs> well, I mean, you know what I mean? If you ever have to do yeah. something like that, then you should include that in saying like, well, it's going to take you time, your time away from your family and stuff like that and whatever else. So if I was going to pay somebody to come replace my mailbox, then I'll just, I'll include that cost, even though I'm doing it myself. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to charge him any more than a hundred. You know what I mean? So I was just like, bring me 300 bucks. And he was, he was telling me he's going to bring me a thousand. I was like, please don't bring me a thousand dollars. Like bring me $300 and everything's covered. Like everything, even my time is covered. And he's like, I'll bring you $500 tomorrow. And I was like, okay, I guess <laughs> like I you really don't. And then in the morning I get a text from him. All right, I'll bring you $400. <laughs> 
<laughs> is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's fine, dude. Like, you could bring me 300. He gets here. Now, granted, I talked to him on the phone. He introduced mm-hmm. himself. We've been texting. He introduced himself in the text, too. Um, even in the morning, he was like, hey, this is Greg. And I was like, I kind of figured I have a chat history on a cell phone. <laughs> He calls me. He's like, hey, my name's Greg, and I'm here to pay you the money for the mailbox. And I wanted to say, like, I know your name's Greg. <laughs> I've <laughs> saved your phone, your name in my phone already. But anyway, I said, I'm around back. I'll be right around. He goes, I get out there. And he goes, are you sure this is enough? I was like, it's more than enough, man. All right, bye. And he just took off, like, walked. Mm. He didn't drive there. He didn't have a car. He just walked away. <laughs> I was like... Have a nice day, sir. He just throws a hand up and walk and keeps walking. <laughs> like that was it. He was probably like in his sixties. There's more to the story, but I'm not gonna get into it here. He's going through some things. I was like, please don't pay me more than what you need to pay me. Just everything's covered, dude. We're good. Yeah. Are you sure this is enough? It's enough, man. <laughs> Go pay your fine to the cops because you couldn't knock on my door. <laughs> like, I'm not mad at you. He's like, I promise I wasn't on my phone. I'm not going to judge you, dude. (laughs) You just told me you're going to pay for my mailbox. I don't care what happened. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he was high and that's why he drove away and then called. That way he told the cops, he's like, I'll bring you the money and you take it to him. And the guy was like, nah, cops don't do money. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not messing with that. That's kind of funny. But anyway, that's my story. (laughs) Sometimes it's good to, you know, distract it. Let's not even talk pirates this week. Let's just talk about what's going on. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But the Pirates are losing. We're going to talk about that. A little bit of the Cubs series. I mean, I guess we don't really have to talk about the Cubs series, but the fact that they're just losing a bunch. Henry Davis has his handful of of games. City Connect jerseys are released, and we're going to get into that. A little more about this offense. We're going to talk about the offense here as we start talking about... I mean, the offense is, to me... Uh, public enemy number one right now. Yeah. I know the pitching has has been not great too, and we covered that. We talked about the bullpen and and the injuries plus struggles plus all that stuff before on another episode. Uh, tonight, let's focus on or or this weekend. Let's focus on the offense a little bit because I man, I've been yelling at the TV and I double checked myself and I have some information I think is. I don't know if it's if it's if it's telling us anything or I don't know. We'll get into it. Sure. And we'll talk a little bit about the Marlins. Uh, but first, let's get some news and transactions out of the way. Brian Reynolds headed to the injured list. If you didn't see that coming retroactive to June 20th uh, for the lower back pain that he's been having. Um, Cal Mitchell called up. Johan Ramirez sent that. Oh, Cody Bolton recalled uh, for that which I think is is kind of the reaction to Cal Mitchell being called up and Ramirez going down, Johan Ramirez. So it was like, oh, now you just have less pitching again, and it seems like that's not a great place to be. <laughs> well, they've added pitching with the Reynolds uh, move. Um, the Henry Davis move, we talked about Henry Davis coming. The official moves were Matthias was optioned and Eli Villalobos was designated to make room for him on the roster. The only other thing I have is G-Man Choi... Sent to Altoona for a rehab assignment. You know what, though? Actually, let's go through this real quick because I left this up on my... No, I didn't. Never mind. I left it up on my phone. I must have closed out of it at some point, so it's not there. (laughs) 
Um, it was just an injury update for a lot of the injuries. There is a post out on MLB.com that is an injury update basically for everyone, including before Brian Reynolds was in on the injured list and the Andrew McCutcheon stuff, um, which we know he's dealing with the elbow thing. So it even included that, but it, it, it talked about Cruz. It talked about pretty much everybody, everyone yeah. like Garcia, Gar- dude, Harleen Garcia still cannot grip a baseball at this point. That's he crazy, still cannot man. grip a baseball. This guy may never play again. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, is that premature? I don't know, but like he can't grip a baseball. And this has been four, five months now. No progress. I just like, when is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, at what point do you say he's probably never going to play again? Right. That's crazy. Yeah. I was really surprised to see that that was the, that there was no change there. So, all right. So, you want to you want to talk about this? I mean, there's not much to talk about with the series. Let's let's start with Henry Davis, and we are recording this on Thursday night. So even though we typically go like series to series and and stuff like that, like I don't want to rehash a bunch of losses right now. Like we were shut out every game in history of mankind. So. Uh, we were shut out on Saturday. We did score two on Sunday, but then we were shut out on Monday and Tuesday. Scored three against the Cubs in the in the finale, but not putting ourselves in position to win games pretty much at all. Right. Got a lead in the last game of that series. It was gone. And we were already behind by the time we... Too far behind by the time yeah. we started scoring again. And obviously on the two that we don't score at all, it doesn't help. But even on the game where we scored three runs, we had two hits. Just yeah, an all-around... It's, it's been looking very stagnant. It's been bad. And you go into it, you go, hey, we're trying to avoid a sweep, and you go into this lineup with like the second straight day without McCutcheon and Reynolds. And you're like, I don't really have much hope. Be great right. if Henry Davis would do something, but I mean, you you still, I mean, there's still major league team going up against the Cubs. We should have been right. able to score. And Kyle Hendricks, which Hendricks has had his mixed bag of performances against the Pirates. Right. We've hit him around. He's, I mean, I think he has like a 370 ERA against the Pirates on his career. So that's pretty good, but I know we've like you even said like we've hit him a few times, pretty good. Yeah. Um, so maybe a little more recent, you know what I mean? But if if Mancini doesn't make that bonehead play, we don't we don't score in that game much either. Yeah, I say bonehead play, but it, it, I mean it was an error. It necessarily wasn't a bonehead play. I don't yeah. I don't like to physical errors are going to happen. I don't like to throw that into like. Mental errors. Yeah, it's it's a little different, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Physical errors are like, yeah, those are going to happen. Yeah. But, and in that game, Rich Hill is out there yelling because of a two-out error by Key Bryan, which I, I ask anyone, man, first baseman should have caught that. I mean, it's not a hard, it wasn't even a pick. It was a one-hopper off the grass. It didn't hit a lip or anything like that. Like, it was a really catchable play. 
does the error go on the third baseman? Yes, 100% of the time. Yeah. But it is kind of like, yeah, well, it should have been avoided. Yeah. Um, and Key, you could tell Key Brian was like, man, I should have made the play. But still, if you don't hit somebody, hang a slider in the top of the zone, and then walk somebody, like none of this ever happens anyway. Like right. you had two outs, just get out of it. You don't have to, just because somebody made an error doesn't mean you have to go out there and start yelling and then stink. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. not an excuse to stink. Right. Sometimes there's a lot of things I like about Rich Hill. That kind of stuff I don't like. Right. And he and, he, and he's just a gamer. It, it's not personal. I'm sure he's when they're in there, he's, he's done it for a long time. He's not... I'm sure he goes in there and says, I'm not mad at you. I just get frustrated in the in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. Yeah. But still, it's just like, why don't you just go out there and just finish the... Like, if, it's a, if it was a nobody out, make the error to start off the inning, I get it. You can be upset about that because now you're setting your... You know, but you just got one more out and you didn't even compete. Right. Anyway. Um, Rich Hill wasn't the, the big problem in that. Um, he's always going to get, give up three to five runs every time he's out there. So I don't know. I don't know. I thought Rowanzi was fine when he came in. Um, he gave up the, the solo homer and other than that, nothing else. He did walk one, got one other guy, but then three strikeouts, inning in a third. Solo homers should never kill you. So no. No, that's fine. As long as so, you're not giving up a million of them. I... <laughs> yeah, yeah, as long as you don't I mean. give up four in a row, you're all right. right. You're fine. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the offense in general is is really where I'm laying blame right now. I don't care that the Cubs scored eight twice in that series. I think that some of those are the game getting away later. Yeah, and their momentum runs too. Yeah, like, five runs in the first, like the the eight nothing on on Monday. It's or uh, yeah, Monday. It was five runs in the seventh and eighth inning. Yeah. If we score, if we put pressure on them, they may not score those runs. They're free and relaxed and easy and just swinging. No momentum. Threat. Yeah, exactly. Momentum is big, right? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, that's, yeah. All right. So about that offense. Oh, you know what? Yeah, Henry Davis gets the call up. He gets a double in his first at bat. Um, good at bat, by the way. He A lot of his at bats have been good at bats. Mm -hmm. He strikes out late in the game, in the one game. But it was like 99 up in the zone. Like, everybody's going to strike out on that. <laughs> like, it was a good it was, it was a good pitch. Yeah. Uh, but he had the double off Smiley. One for three in the first game with a walk. I'm looking it up. I didn't have that clicked on there. 0 for four with a strikeout. And that's Stroman and, and and company. That was, you know what I mean? That was a tougher matchup. And then the finale against the Cubs, he was... Why can't I find his... There he is. It says 0 for three with a run scored and a strikeout. How did he get on? Oh, did he, he got hit by a pitch in that game, didn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure surprising. he did. 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position for the team, by the way. I'm pretty sure he got hit by a pitch. Yeah, he did. 
Yeah, is that surprising? Ninth AB, ninth plate appearance. I mean, he gets hit by a pitch. Fitting, right? But then, because we're recording this on Thursday night against the Marlins in the eighth inning, which should have been a big time blow in this game, Henry Davis hits his first career home run. We're gonna give it to him. This is for the double. This is for the home run. Um, it's been a slow week, but like, listen, you're not going to be the only guy in an offense that hits. Right. You're just not going to be. Um, it'll come. Hopefully sure. he can he can get a few hits in there that might spark something going. I mean, four runs tonight. Hayes also hit a home run in the eighth inning. We were up 4-1. Bullpen collapsed. Um, yeah, Dude, these are the types of things that happen when things are going bad. Yeah. And I'm not like I'm not making an excuse for it, but these are the types of things that happen. Offensively, however, and the, and that you're setting the tone. You're setting the tone offensively. This game really should have been better. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. We you, you had some runs. It could have it could have worked out for you. You you got to take advantage of an error that was made, and you know things like that can kind of turn things. Keller threw well, all of those things, and yet the dominoes still fell. There's a lot of pressure that young guys are going to feel. And you talk about who coughed it up was Moretta, Majinski, young pitchers yeah. without a lot of experience. And and we know Moretta's been great. So, you know, sometimes a, a guy who's been so good, you give a pass. Okay, sure. you're struggling right. We know he's struggling right now. This has been right. this right. has been a few of them, right? You even said before we recorded, what what was it you said? I said maybe he's gonna end up on the IL if he has another <laughs> bad outing. I'm gonna put you on the IL so you can think about what you've done and then come back and be better. <laughs> think about what you've done. <laughs> I mean, he's got options too, so he could be optioned. I don't know if he's been optioned yet this year. I know that Johan Ramirez has, and so that was an easy Let's send him down, get him right, kind of a thing. I don't know. But the offense, because I think that there's a lot of us. And this is where we're going to get into the get into some meat and potatoes here. Gosh, I miss meat and potatoes. Um <laughs> I won't tell you I had that for dinner the other day then. Well, of course you did. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Everybody does. I don't know. Anyway. Um the offense is something that is struggling or, or is is frustrating all of us right now, fans. And I know I am uh, I am one to say that I have looked at the TV and said, "Why didn't you swing at that?" <laughs> <laughs> and I get so tired of this approach where we're trying to get walked, and I I just can't stand it now. I'm going to preface this with, I decided I was going to look this up. And right when I did, I started looking some stuff up the other day. And so I'm not sure. I'm going to, I'm going to call out some, some numbers here. Any numbers that are for June, I'm not sure like what day that finished because it was sometime this week. So I don't know if the, the games before or after could have, could have altered these numbers a little bit, but you get the point. Yeah. Um, but either way, I started looking this up, and then as I did, I started noticing 
that I wasn't the only one. Uh, Gary Morgan has a has an article out on Inside the Bucks Basement. Go check that out because he's talking about the same thing, and he's calling to say, "Can we just can we can we get rid of Andy Haynes? Can we stop with this approach?" And then later, I you know I'm I'm always trying to listen to everybody's podcasts and and you know see what see if there's anything I'm missing. You know what I mean? But like mm-hmm. I like to hear the different takes and. Uh, sometimes they're different than mine, and I, I like that because then it can, you know, maybe sharpen some of the things that I'm thinking or, or whatever. And Ethan on the Locked On podcast had a message for Andy Haynes on his episode, and I'm sitting here with all this stuff in front of me, and he's he's going on his thing, and I'm like, man, I'm there, man. I'm I feel the same way, and I kept looking up these numbers because I knew there had to be something to back up what I was seeing, and I know that. You and I have both gone at length talking about this passive style of, of, of plate approach. McCutcheon's one thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not chasing. But, like, we are just taking, it feels like taking so many pitches right down the middle. And it's so frustrating. Yeah. So, let's get into the numbers, man. Let's get into the numbers and and just chime in when you, you know, when you have a comment. Yeah. And and get get in my way and I'll and I'll stop so that you can so that you can cut in there because I'm gonna kind of go through some things. We know that this was a problem last year. We already know that. We complained about it at length last year, specifically Vogelbach and Yoshi, right? Those were the two yeah. that we were just yelling at during episodes. So maybe these numbers were really inflated by them. But here we are. We're talking about Andy Haynes. We're talking about called strikes. And this is where I started. I have, trust me, this is here. Called strikes on fastballs over the heart. So I'm using StatCast. Over the heart is not just like, there's 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 the middle, the, the actual middle zone, which I think they call meatball. And then all the ones right around that, right in the heart. And then there's the out, then there's the outer edges in the top and the bottom and all that stuff. So the the number is based on how many called strikes on fastballs over the heart of plate of of and this is this is a, a percentage of how many total pitches they've seen. So if I take a fastball over the heart of the plate and the next one is up and away for a ball then I've taken 50% of the called strikes over the heart of the plate. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, okay, so here we are. Called strikes on fastballs over the heart of the plate. 5% of total pitches in July of 22. That's the highest. So understand that we know that this team was doing that a lot. So 5% seems like maybe a lot. And maybe we'll get into some league averages here in a little bit. March, April, 22. May 22, June 22. Those are all 4.8, 4.5, 4.5 until we finally get to 4.2% May of of this year. Then August of last year, 4.1. June, so far in this this June, has been 4%. March, April of this year is the next one at 3.8%. September, October of last year, 3.7%. Those will kind of come up in a, a little bit later, but those are the percentages, anywhere from 5% to 3.7. But unfortunately, for me, I'm looking at that saying, 
Well, the numbers aren't backing it up. They're not in the top of the league. Last year, uh, I thought they were the highest, but this is... Last year, the Pirates were 10th in the league with a season of 4.4%. This is just the heart of the plate, right? Mm -hmm. Just the heart. 5% being the highest. That was Cleveland. Well, Cleveland had success doing this, so it's kind of hard to... You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Anyway, this year, the Pirates are 24th with a 4%. The highest is 5.5%. That's Boston. Cincinnati, Milwaukee, San Diego, Arizona, Oakland, and Miami, all 5% or higher. 4.5% 4.5% is league average, and we're at 4%. So I'm like, this isn't right. Because <laughs> the data's not backing me up. Yeah. It's not much different when I start, when I remove the fastball filter, we're 20th in all pitches taken over the heart of the plate. We're at 6.9%. The league average is 7.2%. And you understand that sometimes a breaking ball right down the middle is still not the pitch you want to attack. So you give them a little bit there, but it's still the heart of the plate. Yeah. When I change it to all pitches anywhere in the strike zone, just called strikes that we're not swinging at, they're 13th, 14.8%, where the league average is 14.6. And I did the ones in the zone because I don't want the ones that are out of the zone being called strikes counting against us. Sure. Um, The Reds lead the way with 16.2% of called strikes anywhere in the zone, any pitch. And if you're curious, because it was an easy search, the Pirates are tied with the most called strikes on pitches out of the zone. <laughs> I'm not sure what the conclusion of this is from, from just those little ones, but I've, I mean, I just kept looking stuff up, dude. It doesn't look like this team is taking more pitches than anyone else. I disagree with the game plan and the Andy Hayes way, but like it looks like it's the whole league again. Here we go. Another thing where we're complaining about our guy when even if you brought in a new guy, it's going to be the same thing. We talk about Shelton's lineups, right? We're going down that same path. Yeah. So is this another thing we're looking from our experience and the data that's driving them and they're... These are one of those things where I'm like, are we outsmarting ourselves? Yeah, and that that, that makes sense because the whole league's doing it, and the whole league in on base percentage I know is more important than a batting average, but to a point, and to a point, I'm I was just actually having a conversation with my wife about this today. Like I understand we're we're eating lunch today, uh, B Dubs, and the Phillies were playing the Braves, and we were watching the game, and Kyle Schwarber's batting leadoff, batting one ninety. Like okay, I'm I'm all on board with the on base percentage is a big deal, but 190, yeah. There's a line where I'm like, that's just not good. You're batting 190, but you got 20 homers. Like that's fine. Bat fifth, bat fourth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't care what your on base percentage is. You're slow. You clog up the bases, and you're only going to hit 190, and you're going to hit more home runs than you are singles. So what? I'm looking I, this I up. Don't, I don't understand it. Like. On base percentage three thirty three, it's Which not is good. It's not is, bad. I don't, I don't know if it's, it's even good for a leadoff guy. I I mean, when you're batting one ninety, that's pretty good. Well, yeah, that's a but, huge difference. But I just I just don't understand this. I'm not comprehending something here that I understand that all these guys that are above me getting paid to do this understand. <laughs> but you know, 
as a one fan. Of, one of my I notes. Just don't, can, hold I'm on to that real quick. This. One of my notes says, or do we accept that there are smarter people than us in those positions or else we would be in those positions? <laughs> yes. And I, and I totally understand that as well. I just have a hard time grasping that a major league player who's hitting 190 is even still on the team. <laughs> and he's batting lead off. Well, because he has 20 home runs. Right. And that's that's exactly yeah. why. Batting leadoff, I, I I totally agree with you. I see the value in he does get on base. He is hitting twenty home runs at this point of the season. So there, I there is yes. definitely value there. I don't 100%. think percent. Yeah, I but I agree with you. It's not at leadoff. Right. I I'm just I'm failing to see what they're seeing. Yeah. And like, like I've said, and like you said in your notes, like I, it's not up to me to see it, but at the same time, I'm a fan and I'm watching the game and I'm frustrated about things like this. And I'm just like, how, I don't know how to get there to enjoy watching a team search for walks. Yeah. Man. I want to see you take advantage of mistakes Yep. And they throw me a first pitch fastball down the middle of the plate. I want them, I want you to try to do damage with it. Yeah. Yeah, there are 99 different ways to look at this. And I'm I'm sure this is not the one and only true data source to see. Uh, we know what we see with our eyes. We trust what we see with our eyes. A lot of times you can back that up with data. Sometimes you look up the data and you say, maybe it's not. The Pirates are 18th in called third strikes over the heart of the plate. 18th, though. They're not even in the top half of the league. 0.4% called third strikes over the heart of the plate. League average is 0.4%, so we're league average. We've done that 44 times this year. Watched a called strike three over the heart of the plate. They're the sixth highest in called strike, th strike three anywhere in the zone. 1.3%. 133 times this year. League average is 1.1%. So maybe this is where we're doing it. Called third strikes in the strike zone. And for fun, seventh highest and called third strikes out of the zone. <laughs> but there were other situations where the Pirates landed. There were some other situations where the Pirates landed in the top 10. But in every situation that I was looking up, I looked at different counts. Well, how are they doing when they're at 1-0 or 2-0 or ahead in the count, behind in the count? I started looking at all this stuff, and I just couldn't find anything that showed me that they were all the way at the top. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I expected to see. It's MLB trends. Yeah. Runners I mean, in scoring position, I looked at that. Like, are we not aggressive with runners in scoring position? Not first pitch takes, were they... You know, they're all right there. League average in a way. I, I'll say this. By percentage, they've taken the most balls out of the zone. In the league. Pitches out of the zone that they've taken for a ball, not chased. 35.7% of all pitches have been balls out of the zone that we're not offering at. And that's more than anybody else. So, sure, if you're being passive, then you're going to get there. But that's also like, yeah, but McCutcheon doesn't chase. Yeah, but Sawinski, Sawinski doesn't, doesn't chase. chase. Exactly. And so we're getting a lot of that. So last year, 
let's keep in mind that the Pirates led all MLB in called strikes in the zone last year, 15.9%. Something actually has changed according to the data. We're not doing that. Yeah. He set the precedence last season. Andy Haynes is what I'm talking about. But I think it's a coincidence because the numbers are... Um, I'm sorry. I don't think it's a coincidence that the numbers that I read off earlier are lower when we score. So check this out. The fourth, the four lowest called strike months that I read off when we started this segment was March, April of this year, August and uh, June, August and September, October of last year. Those, those are the four months where we did it the least. And those are the four months of the last two years that the Pirates have scored over 100 runs. Yeah, makes sense to me. Yeah, I don't think that's a coincidence. No. The lower percentage of pitches over the, over the uh, plate that we swing at, as opposed to not swing at, we score more runs. So what are we doing here? It's still a problem, even though all that data was there yeah. that kept telling me, no, they're not really doing this. They're not really doing. And then when I finally said, like, how does this line up? And I'm going month to month. So there's easier ways to do this. Right. Or there's mm -hmm. maybe more efficient or not more efficient, but like better ways to do this. Probably. You know what I'm saying? How do they do in wins versus losses and whatever else that you can look up? But I did it by months and. We had four months in the last, you know, last year and this year where we scored over 100 runs, and those are the months that we didn't didn't watch pitches over the strike zone. Yeah, I'll give you a couple There's... of individuals here before we move on here. Connor Joe leads the team with 19.8 percent of pitches that have been called strikes in the zone. I feel like he's one of the ones that I've been frustrated about. That's 14th highest in the league for a minimum of 500 total pitches. Okay. The next pirate on the list is Key Brian Hayes, and he's 43rd, so not even close. 18.2%. Sawinski's 48th at 18%. That's, I get that. He's still in the top 50, but I get that. I feel like he watches a lot. Mm -hmm. The lowest pirate um, of the qualified, right? So there's three. There's 301 qualified, basically meaning of what I looked up, which was 500 pitches or, or more. Um Reynolds is 282 of 301, 10.3%. Seems to make sense. Joe Hayes, right. Swinsky definitely lead the way. No other pirate is above 15.5. And that was that's Kutch. And then I my last note says, I have to be done with this. <laughs> Let's talk Marlins. Because at the time that I made the notes, I thought we were going to get into Marlins there. Yeah. <laughs> So I know yeah. that that's a lot. That's a lot of data, and I kind of threw it out there because I don't think that the data necessarily is like so important other than the fact to say that this team has changed a little bit. However, is it just because you don't have Vogelback and Yoshi doing what they were doing? You know what I mean? Right, right. Is that maybe, is that maybe enough? Because they it seemed all the time for them. But I looked up. Dude, I spent a couple hours. Like, I looked up so many different scenarios. We, we talked about recording last night. We didn't, so this is what I did with my time. And uh, I looked up just in the center of the plate, just that meatball, section five. 
And I said, just that. And it was like, no, we're not. It, we're not doing this a lot. And it was annoying to yeah. me because I really thought, and, and, and like I said, it wasn't just me. You've talked about it. I'm reading articles. Yeah. I'm watching other podcasts where they're saying, Andy Haynes, you got to stop this. And I looked up the data and it doesn't back it up. I mean, it, it kind of does. I, it, what, it, what backs, I'm sorry, what the data that is telling us is that it's not just us. Right. It's that it's all, it's another MLB trend. And I've seen a lot of really hilarious takes about, it's like this Pirates team just watched Moneyball for the first time and they're, <laughs> they're out there trying to <laughs> make it happen or something. I don't know. But that's really funny. And it does feel like that. But it is, it's all, like we're all talking about it. And maybe yeah. it's because, you know, I used to watch a ton of baseball. And I don't watch as much anymore since we do the podcast. I watch like... I'm so ingrained in pirate stuff that I tend to not quite tune in as much as I used to, right? Watching other things. Not, I guess that's probably not fair. I also have three kids, and that's maybe what's keeping me from watching more baseball. Yeah. Um, that's probably doing it. But either way, I wonder, you know, if, had, if I watched more, if I would also be equally frustrated watching it happen all the time and then say, oh... I get it. Well, so, you know, I, I'll watch, sometimes I'll watch other, other games and, and I see that, I see the same thing going on there too. But the thing is, is I get, I get frustrated at them as well. I just don't understand. Like why, why I don't understand it, not attacking pitches over the plate. Right. I don't understand. I understand there's going to be, there's always going to be players that do it. And that might be their style. You can't have one through nine doing it. Sorry, mm. you just can't. You got to have those guys that are looking to do damage on every pitch that leaves that pitcher's hand. I feel like Marcano is is decently aggressive. And I feel like he should be one of the ones that's not. Because <laughs> he's, not, he's not out there looking to do damage. He's just out there trying to hit the ball, which I... I I love his approach, but he just, for me, the guys that I want doing that, well, A, I mean, Reynolds and Reynolds seems to, you know, he's, he is doing that, you know Right, what I'm yeah, like, yeah, we were saying he was key, the lowest on there. Yeah, so Reynolds, and McCutcheon's is such a veteran, and he's been doing this for so long, I'm okay with the way he goes about it. I want Sawinski looking to do more damage. Yeah, but sometimes, I mean, I know over the heart of the plate, this is what I looked up. Over the heart of the plate, right? And that's what we're talking about. Now, the one that I looked up here was Swinski was 48th in the league. And that was called strikes anywhere in the strike zone. Mm -hmm. For a guy like Sawinski, I, I do like the approach of waiting for his pitch. So I will, I will accept called strikes in that scenario, right? I'll accept him taking that breaking ball away and saying like, nah, I think I'd rather see if he can give me a fastball right here. So like I get that approach from them and that's the Kyle Schwarber piece, right? That's the whole thing. That's where he's found his value is he says, if you throw me this pitch, I'm going to crush it. If you don't, you're probably going to get me out. <laughs> and 
you know what I mean? And because you do that, yeah. you can increase the number of home runs. And man, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I, I really wish that you, a balanced lineup makes the most sense. You can't have a team full. Of, I mean, we talked about this, well, not on our show, but years ago when we were younger, when every one of our pitchers in the minor leagues were learning the same pitches. Yeah. They were saying, everybody's going to throw a sinker. Everybody's going to do this. And it's like that. Hey, it's not a one size fits all. Right. And I think that this approach is also not a one size fits all. Some guys will feed off of being aggressive and going out there and hitting. Yeah. And I, I don't would know. actually, I would actually like to see some of our chase rates go up a little bit. Um, once we have two strikes, because I feel like we get caught looking a lot when they're close, but not quite strikes. But you, I see what you're saying there. It's it's interesting, right? You want to see yeah. our chase rate. You allow our chase rates to go up if it means that we lower our called strike three. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude. Yeah, I mean, I don't want them chasing a ball in the dirt. You know what right. I mean? That's yeah. not what I'm saying. Like those ones that are right off the edge, like go after them like, you can hit that pitch. Well, that's that's the other thing is you can hit that pitch right off the plate. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that Key Brian Hayes' home run today wasn't a ball low. Oh my gosh, it was. It absolutely was low. So you see what might I'm saying? Have been inside like, too. <laughs> might have been inside too. But the point is, he, is he he went after it in order to yeah. protect the plate. I don't know if there was two strikes. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I was at work, but. But that, you know what I mean? That's the thing. I, I just, I, I wanted to share the data that I looked up because it was frustrating to me that I felt like, I felt like we were all complaining about this because it's so true. And I was just going to basically be the old man yelling at the TV saying, why can't we let this guy get out of here? And then I looked at it and I was like, dang it, the data is telling me that we're not going to be any better with the next guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Right. Now the data doesn't always tell the whole picture. There, this is why there's a balance. This is why you watch the game. This is why you talk to people. If if you're in the organization, right, they have conversations with human beings, and mm-hmm. the data is not everything. And I would hope that they're taking that approach. That the data is not everything. Yeah. All right, let's move on, man. I'm done talking about this offense. Let's move on and let's talk about the City Connects that were just released because this is actually, um, it's not surprisingly, a really hot topic. Every City Connect jersey that comes out, it is half the internet, sometimes more than half, is just outraged because of how terrible they are. One of the points that I feel like making here is these aren't like... A lot of these jerseys, they're not going for style. First and foremost, they're trying to connect with the city. Obviously, you want them to look good. But yeah. they're not trying to do the the red sleeveless futures jerseys from the 90s. Do you remember those things? <laughs> yeah, those were bad. Oh, my gosh. They had the names like go in different directions and like all the little things. And like the those were wild. Yeah. And some of the city connects have been... Some of the City Connects have been maybe close to that aggressive. And I can't really think sure. of I can't really think of a whole lot, but like Boston is a good example because it's not their color scheme at all. Yeah. 
Um, San Diego Diego. went with a different color scheme. And so like Marlins. Marlins are the are the red ones with the pinstripes. pinstripes, Gosh, those are ugly. And I mean, like I could see you liking them. You know what I'm saying? But like for me, I'm out. Um, Yeah, I don't know, man. Colorado went to green. Colorado went to green. And you know what? I've seen some people who've rated that one the best one. I like them. And a lot of they people are saying... They wearing them with their white pants, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, anyway, um, they're, they're interesting. I also saw a lot of takes talking about how the Pirates really messed this one up. And I said, well, this, this is not the Pirates, <laughs> first <laughs> right. off. This is Nike and Major League Baseball. They're doing this for all the teams. This is not a Pirates thing. Bob Nutting had nothing to do with these jerseys. Right. Nothing to do with these jerseys at all. <laughs> Everything that I read tells me that the the team may help, but like this was not the Pirates. Sure. Why don't I read a couple things? Just some some takes on because I because I did I I sent a tweet out today before they announced them, and I still I still agree with this. I said I'm convinced that the City Connect jerseys would be cool or could be cool. This is before we really knew what they looked like. Right. And our fans would still hate them because we've already decided we hate them. Now, a couple months ago, I probably said on this show, but I at least told you, if they're not all black, I'm not going to like them. And then the Reds came out, which is awesome, by the way. And then Baltimore came out, and they were both all black. And I thought, well, we ain't getting all black. Yeah. And then the leaked photos came out where it was the yellow top with the PGH, and we all saw that. We were all like, okay, and then a lot of people, you know, thought that's kind of lazy. Um, but like, what what else do you want them to do? We're already the color of the city. Um, we have yeah. pirates written on everything. We went with the PGH. We went with the Pittsburgh abbreviation that connects with the city. I like that. But anyway, um, one guy said he's just glad it doesn't have Yinzer on the chest. Another guy said he likes it. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to see what the other one, um, Jared Grubbs says that he wishes that the P logo on the sleeve could have been a new logo. Some of the other teams have gone with like a new logo, um, just to like spice it up or whatever. And, you know, he said that. I'm trying to think of one that went with a new logo and I'm just not sure. Didn't the Diamondbacks go with the new logo? Yeah. They did like a snake logo. Yeah, it was like the serpentines or something. Yeah, but like on the sleeve, it's like a different snake. I Mm. thought maybe it's just the S. Nope, it's their Arizona logo. Their their Arizona A on the sleeve. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if some of them had, you know, maybe some different one. I thought Wrigleyville was maybe. I don't know what. I don't really know. I think they did. I think they went with something with like a bear cub thing. What, what did San Diego? Did they have anything new? No, they got San Diego on the hat. What's on the what's on the sleeve there? That's not a San Diego. Yeah, that's the Friar. So, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if anybody has done that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I thought it would have been cool. Like, not not a a new logo for like. The team per se, but the Three Rivers logo, I didn't realize there was a logo for the Three Rivers. Um, 
or if that's just something they did for this jersey. I thought I it was something they did for the jersey. It might be. I think that would have been cool on the patch instead of the P on the sleeve. Just the upside down one. Really, yeah, basically. But so it's why not don't like? I don't know. I, I love the P though. <laughs> yeah, that's why I I, I kind of said that. I was like, yeah, I think it's. I think I think the Pirates P is one of the best logos in sports. I really do. So, you know, I, I'm okay with that. But, but anyway, a of, there's a lot of subtle things on this jersey that you know, like the steel pattern on the PGH. Like you're not going to see that when you're watching the game. Yeah. So let me let me kind of read this through the check, which is like the checkerboard, right? So the check mm-hmm. is a reference to uh, to the graphic that appears on the seal of the city. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's cool. Inside the check, they did the asteroid, which is the iconic shape that represents Pittsburgh's history in the American steel industry. The little, you know, the little yeah. uh, thing that's Steelers on the Steelers diamond. logo. Um, the three rivers, which is the upside down Y. This shape is a nod to the Allegheny Monongahela meeting with the Ohio. And they go through some different things. You know, it's the river fronts that have evolved over time and water is one of the key components to life serves as a, as a showcase of the revitalization of the city along its riverfronts. And then inside the PGH, they did the bridge logo. It's the pattern inside the PGH on the front of the Jersey pays homage to the circular grates built into the windows of the pillars on the Clemente bridge named after the man who exemplified the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh spirit reference to the city of bridges by doing that. And how they're vital uh, arteries of the city, connecting people of Pittsburgh to the other people, and to the Pirates. Um, so you have the bridges, which is one of the things that I wanted included. Something that had to do with the bridges. Uh, the rivers is really cool. Obviously, they were going to do something with steel industry and stuff like that. I really think the four things that they did to tie the city. Five things, if you just count the fact that it says Pittsburgh on it, in the in the actual not the baseball abbreviation, but the real abbreviation. <laughs> Not the real, you know what I mean? Like, but the city yeah. abbreviation of, yeah, the of actual Pittsburgh. official. Right. And so like we saw the, the, the leak images and I saw the PGH and I thought, nah, it's okay. You know what I mean? But yeah. now that you notice, oh, there's more to it mm-hmm. and you see that more to it. Yes. It's very subtle. Dude, the Orioles city connects the, the biggest design that they have is on the inside of the Jersey. Yeah, and so like at least they didn't do that, and a lot that's of people way, have hated that. Yeah, and that's the way Atlanta's is too. It's written on the inside of the collar on the back, and it's just like, what do you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know why you would put it on the inside. So the you thing know, we is, have the we bleed, we bleed black and gold. Also written, it, it's always going to be tucked in. Yeah, but yeah, the the, the it's you're, on the you're outside. Right. Like if you buy the jersey and wear it, you're the people are going to see it. They're going to see that we be we bleed back black and gold blah 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 blah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I I the more I saw them and the more I read the story, which if you're looking at City Connect jerseys and you're not reading what they've done, then you're missing the point entirely. Right. These are not supposed to be like, oh, we just wanted to we just wanted to revamp the Pirates jerseys. Like right. that's not what this is. This is a, a right. way to connect with the city. I think they did a really good job of connecting with the city. Did they do a good job of, of implementing the design? That's an opinion. Right. So people can have different opinions. Some people think it's too subtle. Like you said, you're not going to see it. You know what it reminds me of, though, when I see the black and the and the yellow? 
Yeah. It reminds me of these old 70s uniforms with the black pants with the pinstripe down the side, the yellow jersey. You know what my take is on this? I wish it was a pullover because I miss when the Pirates wore these pullovers. Yeah. And if you're not on video, I'm sorry, I, I should have explained that more if you're just listening audio. I have a, a, a Kent to Colby. Basically, this is so rare that or so crazy that this happened today. Um, my wife at work, somebody came up to him and or to come up to her and said, I was cleaning some things out of my house and I went to a Pirates game one time and this was the giveaway. And they were like, he said, I don't really need it. Do you think that you guys would take it? And Katie's like, yeah, it's just teak, right? It's just this old mm -hmm. teak statue uh, figure. And so I'm going to find a spot for it here in the office and and put it up. But but it's that jersey. So I was like, oh, I'll just actually keep that on my desk right now so I can point that out. <laughs> he looks really funny. If you're watching on video, check this out. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. So anyway, it does remind me of those jerseys, which I think is kind of a cool way to say, well, but at least they kind of look like the throwback jerseys they used to wear. Yeah. And so I think that, I think that's pretty cool. Um, I think they did a good job to connect to the city. Could the design have been better? Maybe. I tend to like subtle. That's kind of my, you know what I mean? That's why I yeah, want it no, all black. But yeah. I mean, they, like, I think they could have done a thicker stripe down the side of the pants, but I don't care either. Yeah, these are very. I'm not going to nitpick this. You know what I mean? That's like, it. It's just... That's me. That's me too. Me nitpicking. I could have said, "Oh, yeah. I wish it was a pullover," but yeah. like, does that really matter? No. If I ever buy anything that has this on it, it's going to be a t-shirt anyway. I don't buy right. jerseys, so it's going to be a pullover. <laughs> it's going to be a pullover. I thought it was pretty cool. The videos were cool. Uh, the hype is, you know, it's marketing 101. They're going to hype it up. Yeah. Um, every one of them to. has been hyped up. Nike puts a lot of work into this. At least I, I assume they do. So they're going to push it. This is yeah. their thing that they've wanted to put into baseball since they took, uh, since they took the jerseys. So I don't know, man. Uh, send us your thoughts. Put them if you're on YouTube. Put them in the comments down below on whether you like them or not. Um, you know, try not to use things like "they're so stupid," "they're so lazy," but say, "I think they're stupid." I feel like they're lazy because the thing is, is those are all opinions. Everybody has one, and they all stink. So, I I, I cleaned it up a little bit. You like that? <laughs> Even even like JP, uh, our brother, our older brother, he messaged me and said, man, I really wish they did something with the bridge. And I said, yeah, it's just really subtle. They did that one little thing with the bridge, but I can see well, they where... they did the two things. Yeah, they did the, the pattern and the PGH is written in the arc to... I missed that. I missed that. So okay. If you're, if you're reading that in the, in the very, very intro that we bleed black and gold PGH texture. Yep. Yeah, Te it's inspired. Well, that's yeah. inspired by the texture of the Clemente Bridge, while arcing text nods to the city's iconic three bridges. The, the three sisters. Okay. So a couple different things. So PGH is supposed to look like the the arc of the, of the bridges. I didn't actually didn't realize that. So there is some of that in there, but like he was saying, you know, he was saying, oh, I, I wish that they did more with a bridge. You know, maybe a bridge across the jersey or something. Like yeah. And I get that. We all are going to have our little things that we say and it's like that with every city connecting that comes out 
Mm-hmm. You know, what we could have just had somebody driving into a tunnel with their brakes on. Oh, that's great. <laughs> what if that was our City Connect? That'd be terrible. <laughs> Why you have to hit your brakes? <laughs> Tell me that. I would have, uh, I mean, you know, and there's, there's things everybody, I would have liked to seen them bl- all black with pinstripes, like yellow pinstripes. And I hate pinstripes, but I think that would have looked cool. I think there's a lot of things but they could, yeah. They, they could have went a I lot of different like ways. This. Yeah, they, I, I like this. I, I you don't. Know what I mean, I don't love I don't it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We rehearsed that. By we the did. Way. No, we no. Okay, we're getting we're getting <laughs> down. We're not even going to talk about the Marlins series because we took too much time talking about Andy Haynes and his taking pitches, um, and then talking about these city connects. I think this is a really cool thing, um, like a moment in time. They just announced these. They're going to wear them. All that yeah. stuff. So if you're listening to this on Friday, uh, too bad you can't watch the game tonight because Apple TV sucks and you can't watch the game. So um, that's it. You can watch the next two. 410 on Saturday, 140 on Sunday. Exclusive rights to the game tomorrow night so you can watch highlights when they're over. Um, you're sitting over there. You probably have Apple TV, don't you? I 100% have Apple TV. How else would I watch Ted Lasso? I don't know. I've never tried. I don't. It, just to be fair, there, I don't. I don't really watch shows. When they took Cheers off Netflix, I almost canceled. And my kids were like, "No, you're not." We watch <laughs> Netflix all the time, and I'm like, "Yeah, but there's no Cheers." Watch it on Hulu. No, I can't. I don't have Hulu. You have Disney Plus. You don't have Hulu. Yeah. Why? Cause just bundle them together, man. It costs like fourteen bucks. Costs too much money. Disney Plus is like six dollars. You're you're more than doubling the money. Yeah, but you're getting Hulu and ESPN Plus. Whatever. Don't be a jerk. You're the one that's saying Apple TV sucks. Uh, the the rights thing suck. We're this is hilarious. <laughs> Let's go, Bucks. <laughs> you think Shut we win one out. game against the Marlins? Uh, who knows at this point? Eventually, every, all these streaks got to come to an end. So, sure, why not? Let me be wrong again. You're not going to be wrong. They're going to win a game. I hope. Let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks!